0: There's only so much solitary time. And I'm a huge introvert. Yeah. A huge introvert. Like, there's no question. By no means am I an extrovert. Every assessment I've ever taken, I'm an introvert.
1: I'm the same as you. Even
0: I am losing my mind
1: after months of this. Yeah.
0: I just want to talk to people. I just want to see my friends.
1: Welcome to Confessions of a Financial Advisor the antidote to conventional financial wisdom. My name is Al and I've been a financial advisor for over 20 years. This podcast will explore the emotional and psychological factors that affect our behaviors. All of the other financial podcasts out there will talk about the numbers and the math. We will confront the stories that we all fuse with that ultimately set the course for our lives. I am not looking for new clients and have no intention on running for any kind of office. I'm going to tell you like it is and call out all the commonplace BS. Now, let's get into confessions of a financial advisor. Connection. That's the topic of today's podcast. I'm here with Diane, my co-host. Hey, Al. Hey, Diane. So connection and the lack of connection, it feels...
0: rampant in our world today. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't know how important it was mm. until it was taken away. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like. It feels like it was literally taken away. Removed. Yeah, because you can't get it. I was telling you before we even started recording
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I had a whole trip planned to the beach this coming weekend's. Mm-hmm and 3 of my friends that were definites the whole way through. I planned this like 5 months ago. Right. They all canceled. They all said, "No, nope, not feeling so good about this. Uh, COVID there's spikes and cases and there's, the, you know, all the reasons and and then it was almost like this conversation of getting me to try to convince them to go. Right. Well, is there going to be social distancing? Well, you know,
0: what precautions are you going to have in place?
1: What precautions? Yeah. yeah. Are we going to be eating out? Are we going to be bringing food in? And who's preparing the food? I'm like, forget it. Like, don't come. This you got two is, don't choices. Bother.
0: Like, this is, you're getting too complicated for me. Yeah. Just yeah. come
1: or don't come. And the final, like, you know, line in this is that come at your own risk. That's yeah. it. You don't want to come? Don't come. If you feel uncomfortable. There's nothing I'm going to say that's going to make you feel comfortable. Couldn't
0: that be the guideline for life, though? So put your, your own. <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> yeah, if you want me to put bubble wrap around everything, I can't do. I'm not, no. I'm not willing to do that. Bubble wrap yourself if you want, or stay home. I was really getting like welled up with anger with a lot of these conversations because I'm like, dude, I just want to fucking see you, man. Like, I just want to see people. Like, are we all that freaking scared? of this freaking virus that's just... A lot of people. on and on and on. Yeah. So, of course, looking up the definition of connection, you know, the first one is your relationship and transfer of energy to a person, thing, or idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've kind of figured. And then the second one was the supplier of narcotics. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, well, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Your connection. Mm-hmm. Got to get those drugs... So I want to talk about emotional connection first and foremost, yes. human and emotional connection. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing that's, we're limited at this point. You know, I'm sure yeah. you have a handful of friends that you do see. I do also, mm-hmm. but not that frequently. Yeah, We both talked about, we go to the grocery store every day to get like human kind of. It's like the highlight of our day to like walk around and see people.
0: It is. I'm friends with the cashiers now.
1: And like you were saying about the jail thing, the solitary confinement. Yeah. Like, it's torture. That's what people do to torture prisoners. Mm -hmm. You put them in the hole, right? Or Mm -hmm. some kind of solitary confinement.
0: And sooner rather than later, their minds are going to go crazy. Yeah. And that's what's been happening to so many of us. There's only so much solitary time. And I'm a huge introvert. Yeah. A huge introvert. Like, there's no question. By no means am I an extrovert. Every assessment I've ever taken... I'm an introvert.
1: I'm the same as you. Even
0: I am losing my mind
1: after months of this. Yeah.
0: I just want to talk to people. I just want to see my friends.
1: Do you have friends or anybody like around you that says, oh, this has been like the greatest experience. Like I've just, you know, I've had...
0: I really haven't heard that comment much, to be honest. I've heard a
1: couple of those. Hmm. Like I got time away from work. I get to work from home. It's been mm. like a long vacation for me.
0: I've always worked from home though. Not me. For 15 years anyway.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. I don't
0: know.
1: I came upon a quote that says human connection is the antidote to madness. Yeah. Cause you'll drive yourself mad after a while, right?
0: Totally. Stay in your own head. Uh-huh.
1: I mean, watch freaking castaway, which I just watched recently again with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. You lose your freaking mind if nobody else He's is He's talking around. to a volleyball. He's talking to Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's crying because Wilson floated out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like literally, he put this inanimate object. He looked at it as like a real human being. Right. That's what people do. You crave it so much that you'll do stuff like that. Right. You lose your minds. Yeah. You'll wind up losing your minds. So like, yeah, the the breaks in these connections that we have, mm-hmm. that we take for granted, I completely took them for granted. I just thought there was always going to be that way. I mm-hmm. never thought I would lose my connection with people. Right. But basically, it promotes like isolation, loneliness, depression. We're talking about mental illness. Yep. And this is like the big concept. And we're talking about the virus. We're talking about the deaths and the spikes and the this and the that, how much is spreading and the numbers. And nobody's talking about mental illness.
0: No. If it's been part of the conversation, it hasn't been a prominent enough part of the conversation.
1: Yeah. But it seems blatantly obvious though.
0: To the two psych majors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, riots and like just the anger and like the man, people are like anxious and angry and on edge. And like you feel it. It's, like you could totally feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like we could tolerate that, but we can't tolerate the numbers going right. up of a virus that is killing predominantly people over 65 that have pre-existing conditions. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. It gets me upset. Like when I hear people that are fear mongering, they're just talking about this fear of like, Oh, can't go out. No, I can't. No, the number spikes got to stay in. How long are you going to stay in for?
0: Right. And then people go take it to a level of judgment too, which riles me up. Cause I'm like, you do you. <laughs> i'm gonna make my own life decisions thank you very much
1: oh you said like mm-hmm. your mom said something about you taking it seriously or
0: yeah other people have made comments too and i'm like you do you like you're free to make your own life choices and i'm free to make money yeah i'm not gonna stop showing up for my life yeah because of some vague unknown threat I'm like what am i supposed to do hibernate yeah some timeline that I'm not supposed to socialize.
1: Yeah. I think people just say stupid shit. They don't even know what they're saying.
0: Most of the times, I really believe it's not intentional. And like no, just,
1: they're just, not thinking. They're
0: not considering. I'm so intentional and I'm so aware of like how things might be received. Yeah. And very intentional. Intentional is probably the best word about things that I say and how I interact with people in my life. Not everyone has that skill.
1: <laughs> I mean, the skill is basically just getting ahead of your words.
0: Being compassionate.
1: Or in your head saying, if I say this...
0: Considering how words might land.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people just have diarrhea of the mouth. They just let shit fly. They don't think about what they're saying. It just comes out. They, they don't. Yeah. I was also thinking a lot... What I've learned definitely in the last four or five months is that I've very much been lacking a connection with nature. mm. And it's really helped a lot during it's kind of one of those weird things like I could be out in nature by myself and not feel isolated or lonely or mm-hmm. agreed It's another connection it's just not a human connection, but it's a connection
0: connection with the earth, with the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I can come back from like a five-hour-long hike where mm-hmm. maybe I saw three people on the entire trail, and just feel like you said rejuvenated and just yeah. back to kind of a center, like all the stress and anxiety lifted for a while, and just ah, you breathe. It's
0: like grounding is so important. That's why people talk about walking barefoot in the grass. Mm-hmm. It's a form of grounding, and it's a form of connection with the earth. Totally. We're constantly in our shoes and our sneakers and our cars and we lose touch with connection with the earth planet that is our home. Yeah. So I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Feet in the grass. I like to even just like laying in the grass too, like laying down and like Mm -hmm. having your body flat on the earth like is, Mm -hmm. it sounds like woo, -woo, but it's not. It just really, it's a thing. Like there's something to it.
0: Yeah, but everything is energy. Yeah. Inanimate objects have energy. We have energy. Everything is energy. It's all physics. Not that I was super certain physics, but...
1: It's science.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ask well, the scientific nerds, not
1: me. Well, I think we live in such artificial environments. That's fucking with our brains.
0: We do, with fluorescent lights and... Yeah.
1: Screens and yeah. tablets, and we sit in these chairs. We're on our smartphone. We're not designed to sit like this either. Mm-mm we sit like in these very weird postures Mm -hmm. that just aren't good for like our structural makeup. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. After sitting in a chair for two, three hours and you go to get up and I'm like, oh God, like my freaking hip hurts. I'm like Mm -hmm. tight. sore. Sore.
0: It's why yoga Uh, and Pilates have become so popular, I think. Because we're all just getting so tired of being stuck in our offices and cubicles. And we just want to stretch and connect with the planet. Yeah. And ourselves too.
1: And I've gotten into group exercise classes, which I never thought I would be into. Mm-hmm. Well, by default, I have to do them because you can't go to a gym at this point. But I started to realize like when I was going right. to the gym, I was like bored out of my mind. I'm just tired of going to the gym and like have my headphones on, not talking to anybody. Like you're still in isolation. Right. You go to these group classes, and it's like everybody's talking and you know, the instructor's like keeping everybody motivated. It's definitely more of a connection. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to go back to the gym.
0: Really? Like
1: I've gone my whole life and now I'm like, I don't really want to do that. I like the group exercise. Mm. I like hiking. I like being out in nature and like being in groups of people. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be in my own head. I have enough time in my own head. Likewise. I'm starting to realize that. Mm-hmm. I think other people are the opposite. I think they're around people all the time and they're never in their own head. Yeah. Maybe not during this pandemic, but like in general. I
0: think there's two different extremes to it. I definitely fall on the too much time spent in my own head. But I think yeah. that's an introvert quality.
1: I think so too.
0: I know people that meet me now, they're surprised. I'm like, what do you mean you're an introvert? I'm like, oh. I'm a public introvert yeah. now. I do public speaking, but still an introvert. People are like, seriously? I thought you outgrew that. I'm like, no. It's an operating system. It doesn't go away. Yeah. It's not that I can't socialize. It's not that I don't socialize. It's that I then need recovery time.
1: Yeah, I think it's a real thing. I mean, I think a lot of people feel drained after... Like introverts feel very drained after being in like a big social interaction. A
0: loud environment.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Many people... like It's just very draining where extroverts feed on that. And yeah. vice versa.
0: It's two different styles. Neither is good or bad, right or wrong. It's just two different ways. Of, yeah. They're two different operating systems. And the self-awareness of how we naturally operate has been really helpful for me... Over the years, to recognize when my battery is getting low to the point where I'm like, I need to go home. Yeah. And to allow myself to do that has been huge because years and years ago, I would have just kept pushing through and just exhausted myself. Then I get cranky as hell. Yeah. And I'm no fun to be around.
1: Right. I get in those states where I feel like the world is going to stop moving if I don't keep doing.
0: Mm.
1: I'm like, it doesn't. I go off to the mountains for a few days. I get back, nothing's changed. Right. And I think to myself, I'm like, if I was back at home for those last three days, Mm -hmm. I would have been stressed out, building anxiety the whole time because I'd be sitting at my desk thinking I'm working, but just spinning my wheels. Right. So I read this quote by John Muir, Mm -hmm. which I thought was very timely. He said, thousands of tired, nerve-shaken, over civilized people are beginning to find that going to the mountains is going home. Ooh. That wildness is a necessity.
0: Oh,
1: I feel that so much.
0: I love that. Yeah.
1: What What's a better day spent than like just exploring and
0: outside?
1: I think we don't do enough of that anymore. We're so freaking in our devices and. Yep know, in the structure of like civilized life that like, you don't let yourself be wild, you know, just run around. I've
0: lived here for 14 years and I cannot believe that it was only March of this year.
1: 14 years.
0: March was the first time I took myself to the mountains. And I'm like, how have I never explored this area? Like this feels like home. Yeah. Because it very much reminded me of New York. Like I just could see the parallels all over the place. I'm like, oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so convenient, like two-hour trip. You're there.
0: Have I not been here before?
1: Yeah, and then he also has this other quote that says, "Of all paths you take in life, make sure a few of them are dirt."
0: Mm, I like that one.
1: I like that one too. Maybe that's what like been one of the biggest lessons in all this is that I realized how much I missed nature mm-hmm. and how I wasn't putting myself in it nearly as often as I should.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. you got to make an effort to do it. It's like it doesn't just happen. Right. Like with no effort, I sit here, I sit on the couch, I sit at the, and the table. Days go by. Days then, go by. Right. Yep. You got to like plan it, you got to put it into your schedule.
0: Well, and um, the city where we live has actually a very extensive greenway system. It does that I have been taking advantage of for years and years and years. And I really very much appreciate that that network of parks and pathways isn't in place because it's just peaceful. Like, and you're in the yeah. middle of a, a metropolitan city. And yet you're surrounded by trees Yeah, and you're not watching the cars go by. Yes. There's a sense of peace nice. to it. And so I do a lot of walking days. And so we meet up at the Greenway. Right. We would catch up and talk. It was win, win, win because we'd see each other. We'd catch up, have the conversation, but we were moving. Yeah. And we were getting the physical activity and being outside in a very pretty setting.
1: Perfect. I mean, that's the way it should be. I mean, that's yeah. it's the best combination of everything, right?
0: I became known for them:
1: human connection, the nature connection. Yeah, exercise. You got everything going on. Yeah, a lot of writers say that they have their best ideas after they go for a walk or, yes, like movement gives you inspiration.
0: Yeah, sitting on the couch eating Cheetos watching Netflix is probably not going <laughs> to inspire my next
1: No, that doesn't seem doesn't seem probable. <laughs> You never know. It could happen.
0: And there's value in that too. Like I get to a point in the day where I'm like, oh God, let me just watch TV.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you need a balance of everything. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a friend that was, you know, we're talking about vacations. We were just talking about the difference between like all-inclusive vacations where like you sit around doing nothing and just eating and drinking and everything's provided. You don't have to do anything. Like you leave your room, you come back, the room's all made for you. Mm Mm-hmm all you're gonna do is show up and just eat anywhere you want, anytime you want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As opposed to like an adventure kind of vacation where like you're doing something.
0: hmm
1: Climbing something, whatever. Like go to the white water Center and right. go rafting or... We kind of came to the conclusion that like one's not better than the other. You can get sick of both if you just consistently are just doing one. Right. It's nice to have a combination of the two. It's nice to go do something active and then have a day off where like you just eating and relaxing like you said like being just, yeah yeah taking a nap right mm-hmm. so yeah when it comes to like that human connection though man i miss it i miss it
0: you know, i miss it too i've been kind of stealthily like sneaking it in
1: yeah you know what i noticed like with the masks the masks like hide your facial expressions So like when people are talking, they're like, "Well, thank you," and you're like trying just having a random small talk conversation. You can't read their expression. I had some lady at Harris Teeter say, "She's like, I knew by the crinkle of your eyes, like the wrinkle, like the crow's feet of your eyes."
0: (laughs) Wow, she didn't say
1: crow's feet, but she said like the wrinkle of your eyes that you were just smiling. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, that's all you can see on me. It's like you see like my eyes, yeah, and you don't see somebody's mouth. Like you're missing all of like the not the body language but the facial yeah there's a lot of cues with your face
0: we're so used to subliminally picking mm-hmm. up on yeah it's diminishing the ability to read one another and i'm i'm pretty good at reading people yeah but yeah this whole mass thing is just creepy it's
1: it's hard to read anybody it's like i don't know i think i'm hypersensitive to it and hyper like alert of like people's mannerisms and yeah especially when it comes to somebody's face. I think we're wired as humans to pick up on that. That's how we read other people. Like little nuances of what people do with their face, where they're looking.
0: The nonverbal cues. Yeah. Well, think about it. That's how babies read the world around them. Yeah. Babies are reading nonverbal cues because they don't have the language yet.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Like you can feel other people's energy. Like I've told you after the whole assault thing happened, I've been out and about places and I can feel anger like radiating from people and i'm like i'm removing myself
1: <laughs> i'm gonna walk the other way
0: there is a very violent energy in charlotte in places in particular and i can feel it
1: you ever hear this uh i don't know if it's a study but it was like i heard, read something about people that get a lot of botox mm-hmm. their interactions with people become distorted yeah. Because people that they normally would be able to read their facial expressions can't. can't read them anymore. Yeah. They lose this connection. Right. Because their face isn't working. Like it's, it's dead. A
0: frozen mouth.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just like blank face. I
0: can't tell. Are you happy? Are you sad?
1: Wrinkles. Right. You know, in other cultures, you know, that's.
0: They're celebrated.
1: Yeah. It's a sign of maturity and sophistication and
0: life experience. Life
1: experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So wearing masks is like having Botox. Is what we came up with. Yeah. (laughs) So what do we do to like kind of reconnect? The nature thing, I got down. So that's been good. Mm -hmm. The human thing is the one that's been troubling me because I've been making efforts, but I feel like so many people are so scared. And my first inclination is to say, don't be scared. Look at the numbers. This is the reality. And then I'm like... You can't convince people not to be scared. No,
0: you can't. So you can't overcome their internal fear. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have an answer for that. I guess my approach to it has been yeah. to just kind of feel people out, like to see who's open to connecting in person and who's just right. adamantly like, nope, nope, quarantine.
1: Yeah. I was thinking of just starting to smack people. That would help, you know, just snap them out yeah, of it.
0: well, that might be a salt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose my podcast partner, please.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. No smacking.
0: You know, but you can't convince people. And that's the bottom line is you're not going to overcome people's internal fear because that's our internal dialogue. It is so deeply rooted for whatever their life experience has been, whatever their beliefs are, they're entitled to them. Yeah. You do you. That's cool. We just won't hang out then. Yeah. But I do have a handful of people in my own life that, you know, do we socially distance? Yeah. I mean, we're not sitting on each other's laps when we're meeting at Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, we're not making out. We'll still connect, mm-hmm. especially in outdoor areas. It's been really helpful to just get outside. Yeah. And it's healing too. I'm a huge introvert. Even I cannot sit in my house for six months with no breaks. I will lose it.
1: And people are losing it.
0: People are losing their minds.
1: Yeah. I mean, we are literally living through probably the biggest psychological experiment like ever... Totally. I mean, it's, I can't wait to hear like the analysis of this, like years from now, looking back on it. Like, what the fuck really happened with all this? Mm -hmm. Because it's very hush hush. It's all about the numbers of the virus, it's all about like deaths and uh, hospitalizations and vaccines. It's all talking about this virus kind of thing. It talks nothing about
0: the
1: mental well being of people. It's
0: just as real.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm in this experiment. And I'm learning on the fly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, all right. I need connection. Okay, got it. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize how important it was. And I have a job. Like I have a, you know, I have a business. Mm-hmm. You have a business. Like we're not out of work. Right. I mean, there's people that are out of work and they're isolated and like throw out of... And the
0: kids are at home. And
1: the kids are at home.
0: Oh my God.
1: And they're broke. And they, they're missing their mortgage payment. And like how many layers of stress can anybody take?
0: Right. Before breaking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is how the World War II generation in some ways became who they were. Like they went through something so devastating by going through like the Great Depression and then like the World Wars Mm -hmm. that they became like these frugal, frugal people because they know how important, how valuable Mm -hmm. money is and how rainy days come. And like, holy shit, if you're not prepared, you're fucked. Right. I think that's maybe a silver lining that'll come out of this, that people are going to be like, oh, all right, when times are good... I better start like padding that extra and kind of putting the brakes on just stupid purchases and right. just frivolous spending. And...
0: and I see it too is coming back to not taking connection and relationships for granted.
1: Yeah, like having true connections. Not ha-
0: and, and not taking them for granted that they'll always be there. Because you know, I had a, an extremely close friend of mine pass away in the middle of this whole shit show. Yeah, it was surreal. Like we couldn't even meet to memorialize her. Right, and it was just like, how is this happening? It was. It just didn't seem real. It felt like like a step removed. Because I'm like, we're doing a Zoom call <laughs> to memorialize the city. Like, how?
1: Yeah,
0: I want to hug my people. I want to be hugged by my people. I want. Comfort, because I feel sad and I'm grieving. Yeah, this friend who was so deeply meaningful. She was the one I called from the ambulance. Yeah, after the whole trauma thing happened, and I spent the first night with a broken jaw at her house. She passed away in the middle of this whole pandemic. Yeah, and we couldn't meet. This is so messed up. Like,
1: yeah, isolation's one thing. It's another thing to be grieving, having a, a situation like that where now you're forced to. Isolate anyway. Yeah. Just being in isolation without any traumatic events or loss of a loved one. Right. Or anything, you know, big. It's still, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. But when you add these things on top of each other.
0: pile on. Yeah.
1: Somebody dies in your family, pandemic, you're isolated, you lose your job. Again, there's only so much people mentally can take.
0: And I think that that's the biggest piece, in my opinion, watching this whole thing as a psych major. I'm watching it, the coverage of it, and I'm going, y'all are completely leaving out the mental health and mental well-being aspect of what is happening right now. No one is speaking about it. Yeah. They're focused on the numbers. They're focused on the deaths. They're focused on the economic impact. That's what's making headlines. No one is communicating about the psychological impact of what has been happening.
1: Yeah. What's happening currently and the downstream effects of what will happen from this. Like you said, like we've talked about yes. the divorce rate. Yes. If you're in a bad relationship going through this, oh, God. you're done. There's no getting out of that.
0: Oh, If I had still been married, it would have totally thrown an accelerant on the fire of that relationship.
1: Yeah, or if you don't have a relationship Get the your- hell
0: out now.
1: How much of that's going on? A
0: lot from what I hear.
1: It's just everything. Like people are drinking more, people are doing more drugs, people are numbing more, people are eating more, people are getting more unhealthy. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. They're not talking about health. Like (laughs) there's this video on YouTube where there's like an obese lady that's in a car. Mm -hmm. She's got like a bag of McDonald's Mm -hmm. and she's yelling at this runner who wasn't wearing a mask in the street saying something like, wear a mask. You're killing people, you know? Meanwhile, she's obese and eating McDonald's.
0: And eating greasy fast food. Yeah.
1: No fat shaming here. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but...
0: No, but the hypocrisy (laughs) that's so rampant right now, it's like...
1: It is. It's so out of whack.
0: People are so judgmental, and that's just been heightened, and that's like horrifying for me to witness. I'm like, you do you. Like You make the calls that you feel are best for you. I'm going to make the calls that I feel are best for me. We're all doing the best that we can.
1: Yeah, but that's the weird thing with this. That's normally the case, and that's normally what you could say. You can't say that in this case. Mm. People hate when you say stuff like that. They're like, "No, well, what you're doing is affecting me." No, you realize the spit out of your mouth is going to get in my mouth, and that's going to go to my elderly grandfather, and that he might die from that, and that'd be all your fault. Mm. I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. Let's. That's where this all goes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But it really is like when you want to take that stance in the argument. Mm You're putting gasoline on that fire. Like, they're waiting for you to say that. Like, you do you. Yep. Well, no. Well, what you're doing is totally affecting me, me and everybody else.
0: Sure, it's impacting impact yeah. me.
1: That's where this whole thing gets squirrely for me. Because I feel the same way as you. I'm like, mm-hmm. everybody do what they... If you feel scared, stay home. You want to go out, go out. You want to wear a mask. Do whatever you want. Do
0: whatever the hell you want.
1: If you're scared, stay home. Like, that's it. Yep. Again, you can't bubble wrap the world. No. Like, you... <laughs> What's that quote? It's like when you try to prepare a child for the world, you don't prepare the world for the child.
0: Mm.
1: Like it was kind of like a, almost like a parenting type of mantra of like mm-hmm. kids, you can't like isolate them and protect them from
0: every little thing that might go wrong or impact them.
1: You can't fix the whole world to protect your kid. You could prepare your kid to face the world,
0: to be resilient, you think, and make appropriate choices.
1: Yeah. Anyway, human connection.
0: Without connection, though, I I believe there have been studies about severe negative impacts when we remove human connection from people's lives. It physically impacts them, their health, their well-being. On every mental, social, physical, there's such deep negative impacts to removing the connection aspect that no one really talks about in our society and our culture, and, you know, we keep getting put on these quarantines and it's like, okay, but what are the downstream effects of that? Yeah. I'm not saying you got to go around hugging and kissing everybody in the streets. Like no. I'm not doing that either, but right. you know, there's a way to be smart about it. Wash your hands, stay a little bit farther apart. To think that we're just all going to stay in our homes indefinitely. It's just, it's not realistic. And The mental cost to that, I think, is insidiously dangerous because there are certain people that, when you isolate them, their minds don't go in very bright places. No, and I'll leave it at that.
1: Well, I mean, that's a real strong argument. I I think one of the strongest arguments is that mental health trumps physical health. Like it's totally. So when when you think of, and they're intertwined. Yeah, the studies of where people, you know live the longest. And I just remember reading this study. There's a town in Italy somewhere and a lot of the people are overweight. A lot of the people smoke Mm -hmm. and they live longer than anybody else. And they said it all comes down to, they have such a tightly knit community where they all, every night, they all come out to the street and they eat dinner together. And there's very strong social interaction that trumps all the other stuff. So we're so focused on like The physicality of this, of the actual virus, and the spread and the this and the complications and the health risk. And yeah, they're totally leaving out 80%, 90% of what's really happening that's detrimental to somebody's life and health.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. People need connection. That's kind of what it comes down to. People need Connection, you remove them from that connection. It is like solitary confinement. It is. And we all have seen movies of people that get thrown in the hole.
0: Lose their minds.
1: Lose their minds. That's why it's torture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would rather it be in a prison around killers, murderers, and rapists than be by yourself. Think about that. Like when you're in jail, you're around other people. You'd rather I'm
0: not in jail more. <laughs> So <laughs> let's make this a fun story. At isn't least. That crazy though? Like when you
1: think about it, like a prisoner would rather be around other prisoners that might like violently harm them
0: yeah.
1: than to be thrown in a hole by themselves where they're safe. There's nobody else around.
0: Well, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that was where my thought process went down.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's so important it's driving me crazy that's not being talked about.
0: It's not sensational.
1: It doesn't it's sell. People, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. The media's big business in this country, and I just roll my eyes. I
1: mean, so this is a conspiracy theorists' like heaven right now. Oh my God, they're I mean, loving it. Yeah. I mean, I find myself thinking of stuff like, I'm like, what is it? What is yeah. really happening? Is there some political behind all this? Like. Are they just making believe, like, the numbers are the numbers? Are they not real? Like, what's real? What's not real? You start questioning everything.
0: It's hard to know. Yeah. yeah. Each of us can only do the best that we can do at each moment in time. And there's grace in extending that permission to ourselves, you know? I'll just do the best that we can. Yeah. And, and it helps to remember that. And I remind myself of that often when I'm out and about and people are pissing <laughs> me off.
1: <laughs> That's the best time to remember that.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: you're doing the best you can. You really got to think like that, seriously. I mean, if we're struggling
0: mm-hmm. with all yeah. the tools and the psych backgrounds that you and I both have at our disposal, that's right. Like, and what yeah, must and an having ordinary jobs. person who's from whatever other background be going? Yeah,
1: through. other backgrounds yeah. under like increasing financial stress, maybe way more than you know normal. Mm-hmm. Again, kids at home, bad marriage. I just. <laughs> It could be a a lot of, like, stressed out people. just see all
0: the divorce attorneys going, like... Seriously, right? Here Advertising time. My own marriage would certainly not have survived the last six months. There's no way it would have made it through.
1: Because everybody's... Yeah, because everybody's struggling with it. Everybody feels a sense of disconnection. You know, what do you do with that feeling? People want to drown it out.
0: How do you channel it? Yeah.
1: And if you don't have a connection with the person you're with, then you probably take it out on them.
0: Or a negative connection.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So come follow us at faconfessions.com and please like, subscribe and leave us a review. You were saying Diane, like five star reviews are helpful. They're really helpful. Yep. So we'd really appreciate it if you can do that. And uh yeah, we'll see you again next week. See you next week. Take care.